2: Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Oh, this will be a fun one today. Let's start here. uh it really does seem powers that be somewhere want Joe Biden out.
3: yeah, it does. I mean this is again one of those weird snowballing instances where now a lot of the corporate press uh are sort of rolling over on Joe over these classified documents that were found in his home library in his think tank office and in his garage from when he was vice president uh, a special counsel was appointed yesterday to investigate this and it is astounding to me how how off guard this seems to have caught the white house that this is such a big deal because i mean i it kind of seemed like yeah it was it was rolling they knew about it in november they knew about a second batch of documents in december Another one was really happening, and then, okay, all right, now it's public, and on the same day that Merrick Garland, the attorney general, appoints a special counsel, uh, we found one more document. (laughs) Yeah, just want to get this one in, Mm -hmm. okay? So they haven't been very transparent about this entire process, and I think they thought that this would just kind of go. This would just roll, and someone decided to make it actually a news story.
2: Well, they've had cover. For quite a while, including the media, and it doesn't seem to be there anymore. Yeah, And, you know, it's not like we didn't say this earlier in the week. That was the first gut. Hey, this is different, man. If CBS and NBC are leading the way with this story, what's happened? Yeah. Because they've ignored so many things over the past, especially two, three years. Well, the morning shows did today, too oh yeah. They, yeah they led with it yeah yeah more on that a little bit later but what are we going to hear Uh-oh. right here
3: david well here's here's a good example of why it was a mistake to hire a make-a-wish candidate for a press secretary because gotcha. under normal circumstances corinne <laughs> Jean pierre is bad at her job <laughs> are you saying that she's a box checker uh, yes i am
2: how yes. dare
3: you <laughs> So, Fox News's Peter Ducey asked the White House press secretary, Karine Jean Pierre, when they might release visitor logs to Joe's estate in Delaware, because after all, there were unsecured classified documents inside, and he goes there quite frequently.
4: Oh.
5: You know. Um, Peter, you've asked this question, or as your colleagues have asked this question before, let's not forget uh, what we did here in this White House. We instituted something that the last administration got rid of, which is putting out the White House, uh, putting, uh, making sure that there was a White House log, extensive White House log, so the American I people mean, got to see... Again, again, well, again, 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 I am telling you, we did something that the last administration got so? rid of, which is instituting the White House log. So? Uh, did you ask the last administration why they got rid of the White House logs? OK, court, let's go. Uh, July, let's go. Well, was, we they Fox did. Go access.
3: ahead. Oh, man. Yeah. And the thing is, Fox actually did. They hammered Trump at the time when he was uh, uh, limiting what was on the White House logs. Mm-hmm. Not every host on Fox, but the news side, which is where Peter Ducey is. They did. They brought it up. And and at any rate, it doesn't matter. They're not talking about the White House. They're talking about his home. Those <laughs> yeah, are two. That, th- I- <laughs> this is this is, a, this is a unique talent she has.
6: She, you answer. You ask the question. She answers another question that was never asked.
2: Yeah, that's what they do. They,
6: and that, thats what she just did.
2: That was nowhere near what the question was. Not even close. Well, the other part that I loved. When Biden's asking the question yesterday from Ducey about the garage, it was a locked garage. Well, yeah. <laughs> because everybody in America, they leave the garage open. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's locked That What does that mean? They are caught off guard, David. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right about that. So more on that a little bit later. You know, there was supposedly some good news yesterday about the economy as far as inflation goes, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's getting better. They 21% it, down, making gains.
3: So. Yeah, but it, but it's not actually getting better. We, as I mentioned yesterday, I mean, when you look at food prices, i mean, basically the entire progress or most of the progress relied on a dip in gas prices and used car yes. prices.
2: Everything yes. else is up, but that didn't stop media from saying this is good news here, <laughs> huh? Things are looking up. It's good. Economy is improving. And then I'm um, looking around, and then you go ahead and get the CPI report, and you look at from year to year as far as inflation price changes. Fuel oil, plus 41% from a year ago. Yeah. Gas utilities, plus 19%. Transportation, plus 14%. Electricity, plus 14%. Food at home, plus 11%. Almost 12 Food away from home, plus 8% shelter plus 7.5 new cars 5.9 on the plus side but hey gas is 1.5% lower and used cars 8.8% lower yeah, if you take all Celebrate. those if
6: you take all those things out actually we're we've seen an improvement yeah if you take out food and heating oil and things like that and then...
2: well you just focus on the positive right yeah.
3: <laughs> well that yeah i mean it's great news for anybody looking for a 2011 Corolla but that's not a majority of Americans. A majority of right. Americans are wondering, why the hell are a dozen eggs so expensive right now? Yes. Well,
2: I mean, well, to celebrate this. Yeah. And I understand, hey, you, you don't want to ignore where there is some positivity. But, I mean, if it's some relationship, hey, I know you're still staying out late. You're <clears throat> spending the family's money on booze. But I i do notice that you've, well, emptied the dishwasher twice in the last month. So <laughs> yeah. good for that. Yeah. So uh, what? And the overall picture still sucks.
3: And, and just wait, because we are now officially entering the time where, when they look at year over year inflation, it'll start to look like it's going down because they only compare it to last year, not two years or three years ago. So they're going to say, "Wow, inflation overall or the CPI only increased four and a half percent or something," when really year over year it's like eighteen to twenty percent. But or I'm sorry, yeah. when you compare it to two years ago or three years ago, it's way higher than that. But because inflation really started running so hot about this time last year, they're going to be able to or they're going to try to claim success as the year over year numbers start to increase less dramatically. Yes.
6: And apparently it's the avian flu with the chickens and Fauci's called for masking of all chickens. (laughs) Yes. And Biden's going to roll out the mask project to send to chicken farmers. Everybody gets free ones in the mail.
2: By the way, something we'll get to later on, speaking of that, yes, covering everything else. Uh, what Moderna forgot to tell us about the vaccine that they knew, God. but just didn't tell even people that were reporting to the FDA.
4: take <laughs> anti vaxxers, no, misinformation.
2: no, 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 it's all coming no. out. And there was another uh session of the Twitter files released, yes, number 14, which again paints a very clear picture on how the left along with the FBI and Twitter, were colluding against the American people with a presidential election. It's astounding. More on that a little bit later. Okay. This moment is a moment that is about what? Great
3: momentum. Yeah. What? Well, Vice what is Pre- this? Vice President Kamala Harris was at some oh. climate change event. And uh, remember that if Joe is on the way out, this is what we'll get until well, it would be January of 2025. But here's, here's her words of wisdom about climate change. Roll it.
7: I think of this moment as a moment that is about great momentum, inspired by, yes, optimism, inspired by a crisis, no doubt. Um, but inspired by also our collective ability to see what can be unburdened by what
1: has been. No way! Again! again? She did it again! <laughs> again! Okay,
3: so if you're lost, why, why is everybody freaking out right now? Why is this so funny? Okay, she loves the phrase, inspired by what can be, unburdened by what has been. This is her slow ride. She goes back to this <laughs> yes. all the time. I mean, yeah. here's the little montage. I just expanded it, thanks to yesterday's event roll it
7: we have the ability to see what can be to see what can be unburdened by what has been to see what can be unburdened by what has been <laughs> we are guided by what we see that can be unburdened by what has been unburdened by what has been to see what can be unburdened by what has been. We yes. as Democrats have an ability to see <laughs> what can be unburdened by what has been. To see what can be unburdened by what has been.
3: I mean,
2: <laughs> it's not even that great of a line. It's crazy. No, you know what it is. She is picturing herself on future posters as this historic figure with that
1: quote. Right.
2: <laughs> on. Real. I mean, because that's not even a slogan like
3: make America great again or or anything else that has come out of politics in the last, well, since the founding of the nation, right? This isn't an actual catchphrase. It's supposed to be, like you said, this sort of inspirational, I've been to the mountaintop kind of thing that that she is putting out there. Successories. Except, yeah, I mean, it totally sounds just like something you would see on a crappy inspirational poster. Yep, And that's who she is, honestly. I mean, that's, that's Kamala Harris
2: in a nutshell. Words that mean nothing.
6: Yes. It's like every Moody Blues song since 1967 would start with Breathe Deep, The Gathering Gloom. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's brilliant! <laughs> Freedom!
2: <laughs> I thought, honestly, that I had a good Kamala clip today, but it's pale in comparison to that. Did you hear her talking about the Venn diagrams Oh, again? yeah, here we go. Oh, again with that. That's like 800 <laughs> times, too. You hadn't heard this one, David? No, she loves Venn
3: diagrams. She I know this. In case you forgot.
7: Think of the movement through the lens of something I love, which is to always think about complex issues through the, the, the frame of a Venn diagram. I love Venn diagrams. I love <laughs> I do. I love Venn diagrams. So, See what I'm saying? So, so. <laughs>
8: she is nerdy. I'm just saying.
7: <sighs> Who
3: says that? I love Venn diagrams. Well, I think it's because she is a Venn diagram. <laughs> on, <laughs> you know, on one side, you got the main character from the show Veep. On the other side, you got Monica Lewinsky. And, and <laughs> in the middle, that's Kamala.
6: There you go. Oh, I apologize I love- to
3: Monica
2: Lewinsky. That was yeah, that I was, was a low blow. Yeah, I say problem. that's
6: yeah, it is. Yeah. Don't say that either.
2: Well, it's good to try to figure out every day who you may have offended and then make it right. Yeah. Did I say every day? No, no.
7: It is time for us to do what we have been doing and that time is everyday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> everyday it is time for us to yeah. agree that There are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down.
2: Yes. And to ask for forgiveness. Ah. Although they rarely do it. Okay. Um, Man, there's a lot to get to. So the flights were grounded because of one man's mistake. We're learning that. Yeah. Okay. Guess what is the most trusted profession again? Might be surprised by this. And the least cool hand gestures in 2023 one of which i do all the time all coming up right here The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a whole lot to get to uh, with the White House, what's going on in D.C. right now. Of course, this was a crazy week for flights. <laughs> as, well, for the first time since 9 11, f- entire flights shut down across the United States. Yeah. Uh, turns out because of one man's mistake. <laughs> Did you one, see that? One guy. Yeah, one guy.
6: Holy smokes! This is like airplane when the guy pulls the, the plug out of the wall.
3: Yeah, oops. <laughs> yeah. How would you explain this, David? Well, it was like it was a corrupted file that got saved or passed along weird in the notice to airmen uh, system, which is what pilots notice to what? To, oh, I'm sorry. They've re they've rebranded. They can't get the thing to function right, but they've rebranded it to notice to air missions.
2: Yeah, not emissions, air missions. Air
3: missions. Yes. Yes. Because men is hateful. It is. Oh. Um, But yeah, uh, so uh, I guess the guy just forwarded the wrong, or saved the wrong file extension? This
2: is crazy. Yeah, like replaced one file with another. Seen that happen within businesses before. Yeah. And it can be a nuisance. But shutting down flights across the country, really? Yeah, that... Boy, yeah, that's a problem. Again,
3: I would feel better if we found out it was a hack of the system. I don't think you're alone there. Then that one guy can just sort of uh, whoop, something happened. Uh, press Control Alt Delete instead of uh, Control S,
2: and uh, boom, all flights grounded. Although, well, when I, you think about that, yeah. if you're a disgruntled employee, you didn't get the raise. You're frustrated with whatever because there's been a lot to be frustrated about in that yeah. industry. Wait wait a second. You mean I can shut this entire thing down just saving the wrong file? Mm -hmm.
3: I saw someone on Twitter last night say, all right, we need to come up with some backstory for the guy who did it and why he did it. And so it's, you know, uh, was he mad about a vaccine mandate or was he, you know, my theory, if I'm just going to start making stuff up here, I don't know (laughs) anything. I don't know that this is the case. But if I were to write the story, it was that the guy wakes up and sees a letter on his nightstand and it's from his wife, and his wife is leaving him, Oh. and she's getting on an airplane, and he doesn't know what flight she's on, so he decides he's going to do something that leads to all flights being
2: grounded, so he has a chance to save his marriage and love itself. You have to start writing out series or TV shows <laughs> or movies or something.
3: There's... There, there's an idea for uh, the Hallmark Channel or whoever else Lifetime. wants it. Lifetime would we'll come back yeah. with evil <laughs> aviator after this. <laughs> no, not evil. He was doing it for love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. It was like he wanted to have the dramatic airport scene
2: <laughs> and just decided to ground all the flights. Don't know if you saw this. Nurse is the most trusted profession again. Good. It's back. No? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. people were a little frustrated with nurses for a little while. During the whole COVID thing. But outside of that, nurses are pretty well trusted. Chances Mm -hmm. are, with the doctor
6: shortage, you're seeing a nurse all the time. Yeah. You know, or a nurse practitioner. Yeah, an MPs. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I
3: mean, if it's like when my wife had both of her kids, it was a
2: nurse that we saw more often than any doctor. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they were great. Yes. This is interesting. So, this is the whole ratings of honesty and ethics of professions, right? Um, Pharmacists. Up there higher than you might think. Well, they stand higher. High school teachers higher than you might think. But the blowback is getting higher and higher. Police officers coming back. Clergy. uh, You got about 45% average, 26% high, and then 8% very high. But always looking at this stuff is, you know, very interesting. And then you have getting toward the bottom. Lawyers, journalists.
6: Radio talk show hosts.
2: No, I don't see it on there. Um, Telemarketers at the very bottom. Yeah, that's always pleasant. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, Also, on a lighter note real quick, it's gestures, hand gestures in 2023 that are completely uncool. Okay? Um, I don't really care. This is younger people. um, 18 to 29 polled. What's really uncool? Air guitar. Mm. I'm not going to stop. What do I care? No. My kids make fun of it. Can't help it. I always, you know, I'll just put it right back. I mean, you think your mom sleeps with me less because I play her guitar? No, if anything, <laughs> it's more. Some <'cause> good. <laughs> oh god. <gosh. laughs> ah, I don't want to hear that. That's right. Just shut it. The double thumbs up—that's also very uncool. And writing a check mark in the air at a restaurant, saying "I want the check."
3: That's <gasps> What's the problem bad. with that?
2: <laughs> I know. News update next. Camp and Robbins show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. There's David Van Camp, the millennial, and the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins.
1: Well, my Corvettes in a lock garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street.
2: Okay, good. Mm, <laughs> All's well. falls well then. No yeah, problem. It's fine. Hmm. What next? I didn't know they were there. I forgot. Well, that's a problem, too, and this is a big story right now, David. Yeah, it is.
3: Well, Joe Biden had classified material stashed in his office, his home library, and his garage from when he was vice president. Wasn't supposed to take those with him, but he did. Uh, And now a special counsel has been appointed to investigate this. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked whether or not we can expect more documents to show up.
2: That's the question.
5: What? So as, uh, as I'm just going to, again, that, that statement pretty much lays, lays, da- lays it out, that uh, they, um, they have, uh, as part of the lawyers, they look through the places where documents could have been uh, stored, and the counsel's office released a statement uh, on that. Now it is in the hands of the special counsel. So we should assume that it's been completed? It, it, you should assume that it's been completed, yes.
2: Okay, am I the only one with this question? No. Go ahead. Okay.
5: As part as the lawyers, they look through the places where documents could have been.
2: He didn't remember having documents anywhere, correct? Yeah. So that's a long search, isn't it? Seems like where it, they yeah. possibly could have been. Yeah. Well, it's been in three different spots now. But you're sure it could have only been there. You've looked at the other places it could possibly be. Right. The guy can't remember what he had for lunch yesterday. You sure he didn't take it to the beach house? You sure he didn't take it somewhere else to help write his book? You're sure about this?
6: Well, who would think to look in the
2: garage? Yeah, it just happened. Well, I, th- I threw him there, you know, I, but it was locked. This is strange, man. And, David, you mentioned it earlier. This feels a little different. It feels like legacy media is treating it different. Um. Actually, more on that coming up within the next 10 minutes, because that's going to be my story today as far as what's your story, which is something that we do every day at this time, because we're always looking at news, and maybe it's not the biggest story of the day, but this caught your attention. Wanted to highlight it. David, what is your story today? Oh, my, my
3: story today involves the Church of England. It has its first non-binary priest, a dude who calls himself Bingo Allison. Uh, and Bingo? Yeah, priest bingo. <laughs> which yeah, which sounds B-O. like
2: non-binary, so just by playing bingo that particular day decides <laughs> if you're a dude or a woman? Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, of course, he's being celebrated as a trailblazer. Yeah, he was interviewed course. on the British show called This Morning and had this exchange with the host of the program. <laughs> You'll hear the host first talking about how brave this guy is, and uh, we'll we'll go on from there. Okay.
6: The point you make, <clears throat> which I thought was lovely when I read it this morning, is the fact that um, there you have, you know, sort of male, female, mm-hmm. but God also created night and day,
4: mm-hmm.
0: but he also created the times in between dawn and twilight. Yeah. That's lovely. Creation is full of variety. That's what we learn from creation is that God loves variety. We, you know, God creates all these different animals. We're still discovering new animals. And the fact that we're discovering new uh, ways of understanding gender makes perfect sense in for a God who loves variety.
2: <laughs> no, it doesn't. I, yeah.
3: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, again, uh, it, it's like, I, I don't know if I'm speaking out of school here because, I, I mean, I don't... I, consider myself particularly religious, but I'm fascinated by by theology and
2: I love to study theology. Um, By the way, I'll say this as a side note. For a lot of people that would be professed believers, Mm -hmm. I bet if they took a Bible test against you, knowledge-wise, you would slaughter them. Maybe, yeah. I'm just saying I would bet on that. Uh, You're not dumb when it comes to religious studies and and just the Bible in and of itself. But it, it is interesting
3: to me how completely biblically illiterate that statement is. But it's, Absolutely. It, and and the, the funny thing to me is that the Bible itself is full of cautionary tales about trying to make God work for you instead of the other <laughs> way around. And that's yeah. exactly what this person does. I mean, it's nothing new. It, it, this no. is what people do all of the time. They try to say, well, I feel this way, so that means God must feel this way. Well, in that case, then, i just put it bluntly, then you're not really a Christian. If you're not trying to live up to God's expectations, but trying to make God live up to your expectations, then
2: you're not a Christian. Right. And then the pushback on that would be, well, look at you. You know, you you profess to be this believer, but here's all your sense, which to me, I would say, yes. You know, you're doing your best trying to follow, but you're not trying to rewrite the Bible either. Right. There's a lot of caution in that book about that. Yeah. God likes variety. He eats at Bob Evans, where you can get <laughs>
4: roast beef, spaghetti, and pudding on the same menu. Yeah.
2: He created them male and female. Mm hmm. And he blessed them and called them human. hmm. Yeah, but, but see, there's night and day, and that and, means variety, and, and that means. Uh, Transgenderism,
4: huh?
3: And and but there's dawn and evening and a bunch of animals and things like that. So obviously, then this mental illness is something that's ordained. Yeah,
2: <laughs> got it. It that is the thing to me. If you want to start a new religion, go have at it. But going under the banner of Christian when you're trying to rewrite everything, and dude, the fawning from the dopes that oh, yeah. are on that show. Can I? I want to hear that yeah. one little part again. Night and day. <laughs> But he also created the times in between dawn and twilight.
8: Yeah,
3: that's lovely.
4: It, Creationists fo- it's lovely.
3: Th- this lovely. is this really do- this is a grown middle aged man, and he sounds like eighteen year old David Van Camp getting high with his yeah. buddies. But God also ugh, made like dawn and like
2: evening in that profound man. Yeah. But there are enough dopes out there that like yeah. Follow that crap. So, oh, they're enlightened and I'm not. Oh. And
3: and a lot of it does come down to the idea that there are a lot of people like you mentioned who are biblically illiterate. They don't That's that proven by studies. Doesn't make them bad people. It's just no, they not don't at all. they don't understand the religion they claim to follow. Totally agree
2: with that. Scott, what's your story today?
3: Well, this happened yesterday, kind of under the radar, I think. A uh,
6: petition and demand was hand delivered by former Kentucky swimmer Riley Gaines to the NCAA, demanding, quote, direct and immediate action to enable rules to keep women's collegiate sports female. Okay. The NCAA cannot pick and choose which laws to follow. They must protect female athletes from discrimination on the basis of sex or ex- accept it will be forced to take legal actions if this isn't done. So they're stepping up and saying, we've had enough of this. Now, there is some rumbling that if they can organize themselves enough, female athletes will just say, we're not participating until this is done.
2: That was said last year, I remember. If, if you didn't want affect- somebody to throw away their career, but if every yeah. woman right. said, we're not doing this, We're not doing it. this
6: anymore. Yeah. It also calls to keep rules in place for women to only use women's locker rooms and vice versa.
2: Yeah, common sense.
6: It is sad in this country right now that we have to petition for common sense and normalcy, but we do.
2: That is true. Yes, I say all
6: good luck to all of them. Short amount of time. You know, good luck to all of them, and I hope this gets settled once and for all. They did hand deliver the NCAA with this particular position, uh, petition. Thousands of people have signed on. Thousands more will sign on. Very good. That's why you got Title IX, right? Wasn't that why we had Title IX? <laughs> I mean, seriously, yes. I mean, so women would have an opportunity, just like men, to participate in sports. Yes. I have granddaughters and uh, uh, daughters that, that were athletes, and
2: so, yeah, I get it. I have one still swimming. And you yeah, don't wonder
6: swimming against men.
2: No. My story today. Yeah. And it's really not my story. It's the Today Show and their coverage of the, the classified documents with Biden. And we've talked about how the tone has changed. And I just want to roll this out and take it just a little at a time to see if you notice even even Peter Alexander's voice as he delivers this. Because as we know, there have been so many stories that have been just omitted by legacy news. Because it would make the current administration look bad, but not this one.
0: It wasn't until two months later on January 9th that the discovery of the first batch of documents became public following media reports. And just two days ago, another classified document was found in a room adjacent to the garage. Garland revealing that the Justice Department was notified of that yesterday.
2: So why is that? Yesterday. Hmm. That means they weren't exactly being
3: honest. No, they were not. Transparent. No, I, Again, I, I think that's why they are caught so flat-footed with, mm-hmm. with this becoming public because you know they figure this has been rolling for, what, three months now or two months and whatever. I, we're just going to keep rolling. They're going to do their little review of this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Nobody's ever going to know about this. And now, all of a sudden, it's front-page news.
2: Well, and the question's been asked, hey, you guys give him these prepared statements ahead of time. You're making him look awful. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? You're putting Biden out there all the time, and he's looking like a liar and a dope. Why are you setting, up, mm. setting him up that way? Yeah. But Alexander goes on.
0: Overnight, NBC News learning one of the documents found at Mr. Biden's former office was marked with the highest classification in government, what's called top secret SCI according to a senior U.S. official and another person familiar with the matter. Last fall, President Biden slammed Mr. Trump for storing hundreds Ooh. of classified materials at his Mar-a-Lago estate. How
2: that could possibly happen? How one anyone could be that irresponsible? Okay, you hear it all right. Because before, they wouldn't mention how high a top secret this document would be. Or play the old gotcha moment on Biden, but they're doing that now. Yeah. And they're even giving some time to. Orange man bad.
0: Mr. Trump last night again claiming that he had the right as a former president to retain classified documents, even though there's no evidence any of them had been properly declassified.
8: You know, when Biden is admonishing me for documents that
2: I'm allowed to have as president, I'm allowed to have. We were allowed to take this. uh, Many presidents took things with them. It's all changed now. Yep. And may, that may not be a big deal at all to a lot of people. And Because I'm watching it, I'm like, wow, man.
6: But a vice president can't declassify. No. no. A president can.
2: He should never have taken them.
6: No. No. That he thought correct. it said pop secret. He thought it was popcorn. <laughs> they were moving it.
2: And you just wonder what's really going uh, who on. Who knows? It's, I don't know. It's something, man. We're just not quite sure. Um, we were glad to see Hank Johnson get out in front of this yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> Hank, an old favorite of this show. Do we have some
6: more sound?
2: Yeah. Well, this is actually him yes. from yesterday. Yes. Because um, he's thinking, you know what? Someone planted those classified documents. Whether or not it was a little person, we don't know. But we'll get to it <laughs> coming up right ready. van camp and robin show jamie markley david van camp scott robbins midgets
1: against giants the midget will not win the fight i'm gonna tell you that
2: words of wisdom from one hank johnson yeah. congressman from georgia they will yeah. not win the fight
3: yes yeah, georgia they Demo- will not. i'm gonna tell you that georgia democratic representative hank johnson one of our favorites thinks that something's fishy about all these classified documents being found in biden's home Hmm.
1: I'm suspicious of the timing of it. I'm I'm also aware of the fact that things can be planted on people, P- places, and things can be planted. Um, things things can be planted in places. Um, and hold then, on, did,
2: okay, did he correct there? Places can be planted.
3: Yes. Places and things can be planted. Planted things can be placed in. Wait, I already got lost in what he said. <laughs> You wake up one day and Ecuador's in your backyard.
2: (laughs) How did that happen? So weird, man. I know. Well, maybe Guam capsized and it flipped over (laughs) and it ended up in your place. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead, Hank.
1: And then discovered conveniently... That may be what has occurred here. I'm not ruling that out, but I don't. I'm I'm open in terms of the investigation needs to be investigated.
3: <laughs> the investigation needs to be investigated. Yeah. Well, I think he was saying it needs to be investigated. Ah, in it. fairness to Hank, oh, Thank you, Dave. I don't want to yeah. unfairly target Hank Johnson.
6: <laughs> well, you don't have to. That's the thing. Right.
2: <laughs> it does feel like. That if it's the power brokers of the Democratic Party, along with, well, the FBI going against Biden, that's not good for Biden. Now they're going Mm. to crush the midget. (laughs) Did you know? So
3: so in 2019, there is an NSA contractor named Harold Martin who was sentenced to prison for nine years for hoarding top secret documents in his home. Wow. They tried his lawyers tried to claim that he had obsessive compulsive disorder and that was why he was hoarding these documents. That was part of his illness. Didn't fly, got nine years in prison. The prosecutor or one of the prosecutors involved in the investigation in the case is Robert Hur, who's the special oh. counsel
1: investigating Joe Biden,
3: who was also a Trump appointee and had yeah, worked yeah. for multiple uh uh administrations or Democrat, Republican Uh, not just exclusively one party or the other. And also uh, has a connection, was the assistant to FBI Director Christopher Wray. So this looks like the fix is in,
2: man. Oh, boy. This is going to be fun to watch. Um, On a lighter note, saw this BuzzFeed talking 10 things men can do freely, but women are often judged for it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. Number one, shaving their head.
6: Well, yeah. Well. It's called uh, male pattern baldness and you just quit trying.
2: <laughs> well, when they say freely, if a dude with a full thicket decides to just peel it, he's going to get questioned on that. Why'd you do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like that goes without saying. And how many women actually do that if they don't have to? Just not a many. question. Yeah. I wouldn't think so. Also, not shaving or maintaining their body hair, including armpit or facial hair. Judge for that. They just let it go. I don't know, man.
3: There are endless jokes about Robin Williams (laughs) looking like he's wearing a sweater when he had no shirt on.
2: (laughs) True. Not only that, but if you're a dude that shaves his armpits, you don't think women are judging you for that? Right. (laughs) Then you're out of your mind. And then going to a bar alone—who you judging? Women don't get women get hit on for that. (laughs) (laughs) If women are judged by anybody, it's other women, right? Why you slutting around? This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show.
5: Are you ready?
2: Okay, there's some lying going on. That's nothing new, but it's being highlighted and even called out by legacy media. What? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not quite
3: as hard as it would have been if this is Trump, but yeah, with Joe Biden having classified material stashed in his office, his home library, and his garage from when he was vice president, this is actually uh I guess in the media's eyes a legitimate scandal now. Uh a special counsel has been appointed to investigate this. And here's the thing, though, as we were going through the timeline, as Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, laid out yesterday, they all knew about the first batch the day before, the, or a few days, I guess, before the midterm elections. Yes, they knew about the second batch a month ago. But when the news broke this week, the White House only acknowledged the first batch. So they knew there were two batches. They knew there was the one in the garage and the and the one in the office. But they only uh, acknowledged the one in the office. And then it turns out there was another piece of classified material in his home library. So Yes, that's not being upfront about that. No, it's really not. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said they didn't mention the second batch earlier this week because it was under review, which makes no sense because if you acknowledge the first batch, then the second batch, which is also under review, if you want to be open and transparent about the process, then you would have mentioned that. Oh, yeah, by the way, there may be some more.
2: Which is one of the reasons we're thinking, okay, the powers that be are at the very least sending a message to Biden. Yeah. You need to go. There's no more running in 24. At least that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And so CNN's Phil Mattingly asked the
3: question of the White House press secretary the make a wish press secretary.
5: Mm-hmm. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. No, like, the I think was it was underway the entire time. The only difference was that reporters had
9: information on the first set of documents, and therefore you chose to exclude the second set of documents until reporters got information
8: on the second set of documents.
5: Well, let me unconfuse you uh, for a second, Phil. Look, we are trying to do this by the book. And I said yesterday this was under uh, review by the Department of Justice. And the process is as such. Uh, when, the pre- when the president's lawyers realized that the, do- the documents existed, that they were there, they reached out to the archives. They reached out to the Department of Justice. Rightfully so, may I add. That is what you're supposed to do as lawyers. That's what they did. That's not what we're asking about. We're
2: asking. No, th- it's, thank you. She does <laughs> this all the time. Yeah. So finally, someone from Legacy Media is getting frustrated. No, that's not what I'm asking. That's not what we're asking about. We're
8: asking about...
5: I'm telling you that there's a process. I just laid out what the process is. And I'm I'm telling you that we were trying to do this by the book. And it it was an ongoing process. (laughs)
4: Liar! Yeah. No, Not a good one.
3: They tried to cover it up. And I'm convinced that, you know, they really are blindsided by this going public this week. I think they thought yeah. this was, okay, it's under review from the Justice Department, who cares, whatever. And then all of a sudden it hits them like a ton of bricks that, oh, crap, this is now public. Oh, well, surely they're only going to talk about the first batch. Uh-oh, the second batch in the garage? Uh-urr. By the way,
6: did somebody tip off the lawyers that they would find them in the garage? How that, did they know to go
3: into the garage? That, well, so what, What? It, yeah, that it is odd. Cause, yeah, you know, it is. My my guess, and this is only a guess, is that let's let's say there's nothing else going on here. Let's say that I I believe there is a lot more going on. But let's say that they're they're moving out of the Penn Biden Center, the think tank. They find these documents that are marked classified or top secret. And then they say, "Okay, uh, we got to hand this over, obviously, to the National Archives. And we let the Justice Department know. And as they are considering this, they may have the thought, hey, if he had him here at this think tank, maybe he's got him at his personal home. And so then they go and look wherever there are any files that are stored, they go there and they add, and they just start looking through to see if they can find anything. That that would be my guess if everything's on the up and up.
2: You know what's interesting, and we talk about this sort of stuff all the time as this is unfolding the other day. I'm just a regular jamoke and the question comes to me, the guy is incredibly forgetful. We know that. Well, could they be anywhere else? No one in media was asking that question. Yeah. That's astounding. And now all of a sudden, oh they're on well, hey, why'd you lie about this? Whatever. It, something's going on. We'll wait and see what that is. Could Meanwhile, be in one of those books
6: that are hollowed out. <laughs> and and the title of the book is not
2: documents. <laughs> You just got to open, go through everything, yeah, go through right? Everything. Just cut out of there. Right. Um, this was interesting, the, dude. This was so obvious to me um, that this reporter had had enough of Andrea Mitchell and where she was going. Oh yeah. I don't know if you happen to see this audio. Yeah. This is what they were talking about. Um, this is the whole Republican-backed Born Alive Abortion Survivors Act, which requires that medical professionals care for infants born after botched abortions. Right. Andrea Mitchell doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. And she's complaining that Nancy Mace, the Republican from North Carolina, had talked to her, talking about everything that was wrong with the bill, but then ended up supporting the bill. And she doesn't like it. And so she has what's that dude's name? Garrett. Is it hack? I mean, hey, Hake. Hake? yeah. we can take, sure it's not hack. We can take Garrett hack if you want. That's sure. fine. Go with okay. it. Okay. But He is the Capitol Hill correspondent. And after, well, first, Andrea does her own sort of monologue and goes through this whole thing with Nancy Mace and then poses the question to Garrett.
8: She ended up voting for the abortion measures. Explain that.
3: Well, she told reporters after the fact that at the end of the day she was, as she described herself, pro-life, and that she felt that it was important uh, to vote for these measures despite their uh, potentially politically damaging or politically unappealing um, appearance, if you will, for uh, Garrett, future, let me r- just, future voters. Let me just
8: interrupt and say that pro-life is a term that they may, that an entire group uh, wants to use, but that is uh, not an accurate description.
3: I'm using it because that's the term she used to describe herself, Andrea. I understand. (laughs) Yeah, I know. When was it decided that pro-life was not an accurate description? I mean, for all these people that talk about respecting pronouns, I mean, pro-life has been a thing for a long
2: time. But it's 2023, and I wonder if this is the first time we hear the pushback on the term Mm pro-life. That they don't like it. And it was a weird pushback. That is very because weird. she is very clumsy. But I'm just going to play the rest of this thing out because after she says this, I'll play the awkward silence, and they're both on screen. But it's it's really strange how this goes. Uh, yeah, Garrett,
8: right, let me just let me just okay. interrupt and say that pro yeah, yeah. life is a term that they may that an entire group uh, wants to use, but that is uh, not an accurate description. What?
1: I'm using it because that's the term she used to
8: describe herself,
4: Andrea.
8: Understand.
2: I'm just letting it play out. They're still on screen, still.
8: Anyway, that was her explanation. Uh, Let's talk about Congressman Santos now.
2: (laughs) And then awkwardly moves on. If I'm that dude, I'm like, "What are you talking about?"
3: Is she talking about? You want me to do
2: the report or not?
3: Is she talking about Nancy Mace in
2: particular, or all pro-lifers? Well, th- when she said pro-life, thats I'm just taking her at what she's saying right there. There was no setup with Nancy Mace talking about anything pro-life. Okay. It's like she's pushing back on the term. It's odd. Uh,
3: yeah, that, that's
2: very weird. She's pretty
3: hacky anyway. Who yeah,
6: came up with pro-choice?
3: The left. And they name themselves that. Well, and and now there are, I mean, I I don't know how mainstream this is among the pro choice crowd, but now there are people actually saying, no, we need to say we are pro abortion.
4: (laughs) Well, I mean, those are their words. It's no longer women's
2: health?
3: No, well, it's, yeah, it's wrapped up in that, but they they say, let's tell people who we are. We are in favor of keeping abortion legal, and that's the term we should use. Well, go for it.
2: I've always said that. Um, switching gears, gas stoves. This is just made up by Republicans. They're saying this now? Dude, this is crazy. Okay, so somebody with the Consumer,
3: uh, what is it, uh, Product Safety Commission, uh, Richard Trumka, right? Yeah, Trumpka Floats this out in an interview earlier this week that, yeah, we are actually looking at steps to curbing gas stove use and banning gas stoves. It says yeah. they were actually considering that. A lot of people reacted. A lot of people were saying, hey, that's crazy. No, 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 no. And then all of a sudden you have these Democrats coming out and, and liberal media types coming out and saying, well, everybody knows that having a gas stove is basically giving your kid asthma and uh, brain damage on purpose. Everybody knows that. Uh, but now that the same organization that initially proposed it or thought about proposing it has walked back the earlier statement... Now, media is trying to tell you that no one was talking about banning gas stoves. The headline from the Washington Post. Uh, the Consumer Product Safety Commission isn't taking away
2: people's gas stoves. Republicans are fired up anyway. And
3: part Wait of a your...
4: second.
2: <laughs> that climate reporter you had on CNN. Was, yeah. The yeah. gas stove is like having an idling car in your house. Isn't that what he said? Um, yes.
9: But yeah, it's, you know, the science is showing us that having... A gas stove in a small apartment, especially with bad ventilation, it's like having an, a car idling there. And if you have wow. young kids, it can affect cognitive abilities and, in, as well as asthma. Well,
3: yeah, well, you'd die. No, no it actually can't. But, uh, yeah, and there, the New York Times earlier this week, your gas stove may be killing you. And now, now all of a sudden, now that, now that they've walked it back, media's like, oh, Republicans just made this this stupid culture war issue. You know what's so frustrating to me about this, just as a personal note? Maybe you've experienced something like this. Uh, my wife is a stay-at-home mom. We've got two mm-hmm. kids. She stays at home. She's got a million things to think about and do every single day. Yeah. And she doesn't watch news all the time. She catches a little bit here and there on Facebook and that kind of normal person stuff, not plugged in all the time.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Last night, she sends me an article claiming that gas stoves are giving kids asthma and brain damage. And she's legitimately worried about this. Sure. Because you're worried about, I mean, she's the target audience for this kind of stuff. Like, what? Mm-hmm. oh my gosh, my kids, are my kids really at risk? And then I, I was like, well, no, actually the study that they cite literally says we didn't draw the conclusion that gas stoves are causing brain damage and asthma. It's a lie that they made up, and media is Media pushed it. They may try to back away from it now, but they were pushing it, wondering if your gas stove was killing you and dumbing down your kids. No, they're and, the
2: enemy of the people. And
3: that scared the crap out of my wife. Yes. And this is why I hate these people. I truly yes. do. I have nothing but, but disdain for the people who f- push this yep. fear porn on people who don't have time to sit around and study all of the actual
2: facts. They are the enemy of the people. Well, and if you put your kid on a bus that runs on gas, you're probably killing them, too. That's why right. the, everybody's excited about electric school buses, like the vice president, who's such a good person.
3: Oh, right, yeah. Vice President Kamala Harris was at this climate change event and talked about something she really loves. Here we go again.
7: I, among the many things, I'm excited about electric school buses. I love electric school buses. I just love them for so many reasons. Maybe because I went to school on a school bus. Hey, raise your hand if you went to school on a school bus, <laughs> right?
2: And all of a sudden, the thought of Biden leaving office terrifies everyone. I think if it really caused brain damage, it'd be for it. Expand the voting base. <laughs> oh, what did Moderna forget to tell us about their COVID vaccine? Oh, we got to get to that next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, a lot of this news comes out, and it just seems to get buried. Actually, saw this at town hall. Matt Vespa wrote it, and the title. Oh, so that's what Moderna forgot to tell us about their COVID vaccine. Hmm. Saying the more we learn about these vaccines, the more I sort of regret getting it. Apparently, Matt got it. I already survived the virus pre-vaccine, but still got vaccinated and boosted. And goes on from there. Um, saying, yeah, he's noticed the death rates for young Americans have spiked. And there may be some inquiries into how these vaccines might be a factor. Maybe they're oh. not. Maybe they are. But it's worth asking the question. It's not wrong to ask yeah. the question. And so in his piece, he said, we're going to piggyback off something our friends at Red State touched upon concerning Moderna. And not being forthcoming about some data about the vaccine. Information about the reinfection rate was buried. And an FDA panel member is not happy about it. Uh, Don't blame them. And he goes on to write, Even more surprising is that CNN is the outlet who reported on the incomplete disclosure of Moderna's vaccine. Yeah. A guy named Dr. Paul Offit, member of the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee, said I was angry to find out that there was data that was relevant to our decision that we didn't get to see. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Decisions that are made for the public have to be made based on all available information. Not just some information, but all information. And so when you're not letting people know that you can be reinfected or it doesn't stop the spread, that's pretty important. Uh, That's a pretty big deal, especially when
3: you're... Uh, putting in place vaccine mandates and whatnot. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. Because as we talked about, I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, well, um, looks like this thing may be mostly effective or mostly uh, safe and whatnot. Uh, I'll go ahead and get it uh, just because I don't want to get it. But when you actually have government policy saying that, well, this is about uh, everybody, not just you, you selfish mm-hmm. bastard, uh that was always a lie.
2: Yes. It goes on to say, first, omitting critical data to the FDA advisory committee isn't an oversight. Moderna's team either knew the proposed vaccine had nearly doubled the current vaccine and deliberately didn't flag that data, or they're idiots. It isn't easy to come up with other alternatives. The reason they did it is pretty simple. money. Well, sure. Yeah. They're not idiots. Yes. But again, here we are now in 2023. Just think if you say this a year ago, in 2022, in January.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
6: anti-vaxxer! Well, I mean, you still hear it. I mean, if, sure. if you have a problem with it, or Dr. Fauci, oh, then yeah. you're, you're an anti-vaxxer and a conspiracy theorist. Even though you sh-
2: should be stopped! You are using facts. Yes.
6: You're, you're not even, you can't even have an opinion counter to the narrative. You can't.
2: No. Sad <laughs> news last night. I don't know if you want to talk about these stories together for any reason, David. Lisa Marie Presley, cardiac arrest and died at age 54.
3: Yeah, well, no. I mean, she'd had some health problems and and all of that. And I don't know. There's a Facebook post that is allegedly from her talking about getting the vaccine. It's a different Lisa Marie, not Lisa Marie Presley. But
2: it's sad news, though. Very sudden. Yeah, man. Wow, what a life. Well,
6: she'd had substance abuse issues, too. Yeah.
2: This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. David, big story of the day is what?
3: Big story of the day is the ever evolving uh, timeline and discussion of transparency with Joe Biden hoarding classified documents. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. It's very if nothing, interesting. If nothing else, this is fun to follow certainly how different media members are acting. Some are actually acting like journalists now, and others seem to be lost. Yeah. Still carrying water for the administration. We'll In the see. the meme of
6: Joe driving the Corvette with Jay Leno and the documents blowing out of the back of it.
2: I had not seen <laughs> that good. yet, but that is good. Um, so, a, a Democrat points out the differences between Trump and Biden. This is pretty funny. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show, Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Xer, David Van Camp the Millennial, and the sexy Baby Boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. All right, so uh, the White House press
3: briefing is going on, and well, they brought in some help from Corrine Jean Pierre, or for Corrine Jean Pierre, the White House press secretary. They brought in Keisha Lance Bottoms, former mayor from Atlanta, former mayor of Atlanta, who is now a top advisor to the White House. And I don't I I kinda don't even care about what her answer was to this question, but it has to do with the document hoarding on the part of Joe Biden, as they found a lot of classified documents from the Obama administration in his garage, in his office, in his home library. Like that this seems to be uh becoming a genuine scandal. And what's interesting is the question from uh, Reuters reporter to Keisha Lance Bottoms about this. Can
5: I ask you if, uh, if you're, as in your role in community outreach, whether the issue of the documents is a particular setback for the president at a moment when other things seem to be going pretty well, inflation's coming down, employment is solid. Like, Are you finding that you're getting a lot of response from the public on that? And-
3: well, first of all, I don't know what they think inflation is. People don't really care about the the overall CPI, right, where it's at six and a half or whatever. Um, It's about the cost of groceries, which are still going up. Yeah. That's what people care about. So inflation's down. Things are going pretty well. (laughs) Anyway.
8: And how
5: how do you play that issue? Um, in my role as senior
7: advisor for public engagement we've not gotten any information on that in terms of from the public we've not received any questions
8: and do you anticipate that that will have
5: any bearing or is is causing the president to think at all about as he's making his decision about whether to run again will this um, you know series of, of, of- discoveries have any bearing on his thinking and his thought process if
4: he decides what he to. Oh my I'll refer goodness. those
7: questions to the president. He can speak for himself on that.
2: What is it now? Are the reporters being screened to be as dumb as the people standing right. up in front of them? <clears throat> yeah.
3: Things are going great economically. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh so goodness. obviously, what's your, how do you spend this?
2: You know what? I don't want to be mean like that. It, this is unbelievable, though. Watching all of this unfold, the stupid questions, the terrible answers. I mean, it's one thing to see professional liars up there, and you know they're lying, but at least there is a performance that yeah. you could say, hey, not a lot of people could do that. To see somebody just shuffling around yeah. and just meandering around, golly, it's frustrating when the country is coming apart at the seams. All right, I'm done. Let's get some words of wisdom from Pramia Jayapal. Yeah, I thought you said words of wisdom.
3: Yeah, well, uh, Democrats are in a tough spot with this whole documents hoarding thing because they accused Donald Trump of treason. He was going to cause another 9-11, if you remember. Because he had documents. national
2: security, blah, blah, blah.
3: documents at Mar-a-Lago, and one of the people who was making that claim was Representative Pramila Jayapal of Washington, who said, quote, Donald Trump stole classified documents. He put not only our national security at risk, but the security and safety of our allies around the world. He must be held accountable to the full extent of the law. Okay. She was actually asked about that take in light of the revelations on uh, Joe Biden on CNN.
2: Good.
7: I would just point to the fact that these documents, so far that we know what we know, is that they were kept in a locked place. That was a very small number, and a, you know, I I don't know how important these are. They might be incredibly important. They were.
2: One is the at the top of the mountain as far as important, locked. They were locked at Trump's place, too. Marked top secret. But the storage and the approach to this is completely different.
7: That doesn't mean that there isn't a problem here. And certainly there's a political problem uh, for, uh, for all of us as Democrats. But I do think that there are significant differences. Of course you
2: do. Yeah. There are always significant differences, right? Always. Yes. Meanwhile, as some people are thinking, and I saw this last night on Tucker Carlson show. As he was giving his opinion, and it's something, no joke, man. Like three days ago, we were saying, it seems like they want Biden out. Once he said he was running in 24, they know he can't win. The wheels are in motion to get him out of there. Yeah. But then, as we said the other day, if that's true, does this just draw out over time? Because they don't want Kamala in there. No. Not, not for a long
3: time. So I, my guess... Again, if we're playing this out under the assumption that they're wanting Joe Biden out of there, maybe Mm -hmm. either to not run again, which may be the most likely at this point. He's going to say, you know what, I'm not going to run again and then just serve out the rest of his term. That would probably be the best case scenario for Democrats. Or the other thing is wait until a few other people, if they decide to run against Joe, wait until the primary season really starts to kick in, which will probably be, Now, at this point, you know, these days, it's about May, June, somewhere around there, Mm -hmm. when you start getting candidates in the Republican Party, maybe you start getting some people in the Democrat Party uh, talk about primarying Joe. And then they can run Joe out and run him out of office, and then Kamala Harris really doesn't have to do much if she's, depending on what her plans are for the presidential race. Right. But so much attention would be on the primary that it really wouldn't matter who
2: the president is from a lock optics her and, standpoint.
6: Locker in Joe's garage.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, because you think about it this way. This seems like the biggest story right now, and of course it is. But when you play it out, well, there's going to be an internal investigation. Well, this could take years. Yeah. We're still waiting for the one report to come out. Yeah. That we wanted before the 2020 election, but it didn't happen. We're still waiting. What's the dude's name? John Durham. John Durham the Durham report. Aren't we still waiting for that?
3: Yeah, well, uh, the thing is with John Durham, he doesn't do reports, he does indictments. Okay, we're waiting
2: for the indictments. So, yeah. Still waiting. Okay. So Kamala Harris again proving that the Democrats really don't want her out there because she was out there yesterday. No,
3: oh, yeah. And seriously, if you're Kamala Harris's team, if I'm a member of her team, I'm saying you are going to basically lock yourself in a basement somewhere. Go cut ribbons if you need to, whatever. Keep your head down, measure the drapes, and plan on taking over in the Oval Office. That's it. Don't, don't make yourself a liability at all. She has well, the easiest just, job in the world right now.
2: Well, practice not doing the stupid laugh. Well, yeah, that, that's true. So she
3: was at this climate change event, though, and really showed off her knowledge of geography. Oh,
7: I've convened now at least three times. Uh, a group that has is their acronym, CARICOM. It is the Caribbean Nations, Island Nations. In the Western Hemisphere, that is where the Caribbean is. We are also in the Western Hemisphere. They are our neighbors.
3: There you go. I didn't know that. Me either. That's news. I didn't know that the Caribbean islands were somewhat close or even in the proximity. I thought they were near China, personally. I...
2: Well... That's one of her skills, is to take the incredibly complex and drill it down so anyone can understand it. Russia
7: is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically, that's wrong.
1: (laughs) See? Basically.
2: Very simple. Mm -hmm. No problem. Okay. Um, Something else out there. This is on a lighter note. Scott, I know you're a fan of Yellowstone. Yes, yes. I like that show, too. Did you know it's so popular now? This was out of the Wall Street Journal. People that live in cities are now dressing like cowboys. Not joking. I'm
6: not surprised. I'm not surprised. It
2: reminds me of Urban Cowboy, which would have been seven years before Van Camp was born. Yeah. Hmm. Remember everybody had the horses
6: in their bars? The electric horses or whatever those things are? Mechanical bulls. Yeah, mechanical bulls. Yeah. Yes. Electric horses, mechanical
3: (laughs) bulls. Electric (laughs) horses, mechanical (laughs) bulls, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's all the same. Sure. Did you know that the yes. Caribbean was in the uh, Western Hemisphere?
2: No, <laughs> oh, David. So it was funny. Th- and it's not just in the United States, even in Germany. It's a really interesting piece. Um, so anyway, you got people wearing, you know, like the vest, the cowboy hats, the special shoes. The boots. Of course, yes, the jeans. One guy, I think it was in New York, has five different pairs of boots It's just very interesting. And just as a tip, you know, from the 80s, if you're going to go that route, that's fine. But if you put spurs on the boot, only go with one. Okay? One spur. That's the rule. Because as I was always told in the 80s, you don't go two. Mm -hmm. Because if you run into a real cowboy to bar, you're in for a whooping. One spur you can get away with, but not two. All right. Remember you're one spur. (laughs) Shut up. That spur worked at the time. I
4: know it did. And it drove you crazy. It did.
8: What's the spur for?
2: Yeah. I just like
8: it. Oh, it's really cool.
2: <laughs> You're rolling your eyes. I know. you you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Hey, there's an update on a story that we talked about before. Um, remember the kook out of Canada, the teacher with the huge prosthetic breast? Oh yeah. Yes.
3: Professor Juggs. Yeah.
2: Yes. Um, The school board has now ordered uh, a dress code after Professor Juggs brought these into school every day, and it was kind of distracting to people.
3: I mean, they're the size of yoga balls. I mean, it's comedically large. If you've never seen it,
2: it (laughs) yes, it's it's like a dress-up joke. Right. But it's so funny. Uh, That you have the director of education there saying, well, our commitment to human rights remains rooted in our core values and commitment to each and every student and staff who identifies as a member of an underserved and Uh, underrepresented group. And I've heard this talked about before. This person doesn't want to dress like a woman because no woman looks like that. Yeah. That's some sort of freakish thing. Isn't it part of some anime or something? So, well, it's, a, it's clearly a sex fetish because it's
3: not just about having the comically large yoga ball sized breasts, but they've also got like traffic cones as nipples right. that are poking out. I mean, this is clearly a sexual fetish that this guy likes to perform in front of
2: children. Yes, when when you say gigantic Z-size prosthetic breast, that's not like a joke to say Z-size. Yeah. It is, if you can imagine that. What is a Z-size?
4: Z. we Z. are
2: like, it's like, double D, it's a F's, German Adidas, Costello, yeah.
3: T's. <laughs>
2: Holy
4: what, what mackerel. What is a Z-size? <laughs> <Yay>.
2: Captain. <laughs> it's it's Z-size. Precisely. <laughs> so... Yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, I have this question, you know, in different jobs, before you get hired, they may ask you to take a personality test Mm -hmm. to see how you would work with a specific team. Mm. Okay, I know in the past, they've done this in sales, to see if you have the mindset that would be good in that particular job. Do you think it's possible you could do that with teachers? Or at least that's the way you would frame it, and you just find out if this is a sane person or not. Now, how about and if you're not, then you don't
3: teach kids. How about leave the leave the jugs at home, professor? Like you don't need a personality uh, test. You show up at work with that. You're you need to go home until you uh, I don't know work out whatever issues you have, or you're going to be fired.
2: Yes, I guess I'm looking at. Stamping out a lot of the problem with these insane teachers all over the place that Mm. are teaching kids. You just figure out from your test, okay, doesn't fit the bill. Nope. Sorry, couldn't hire you. Yeah, with this, how does this person show up the first day of school (laughs) with the Z jugs? And the and the boss doesn't say, Get out of here. Well, yeah. you'd never How does let, that ever happen? Well, you'd
6: never let a student do it. No, no. there would be strict dress codes in place yes. and the, you wouldn't be allowed.
3: oh, well, and the other thing is too, it's not just the weird sex fetish thing that he likes to perform in front of children. He's a shop teacher, right? And yes. I yes. saw him I saw him working the saws. I mean that's a that's yeah, a Yeah, that's health,
2: the picture right there. That's a that yeah, that's a health and safety issue. The protruding nip is very close to that saw. Yes. You don't want that all over the place. Well, that would stop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Maybe maybe they well, are more like their airbags. You can, only, yeah. you can only hope to contain them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Got another news update. If you never thought the deep state was real, oh, it's real. We'll get to that and a whole lot more right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We were going to talk Deep State for a second, but we got a news update. David Van Camp. Yeah, so
3: there's this guy named Keenan Anderson. He uh, is the cousin, or was the cousin, of the co founder of Black Lives Matter, Patrice Colors. This guy's name again, Keenan Anderson. He was killed after being arrested. And so now there are, this was in Los Angeles, I guess, last week. Okay. <laughs> and so now there are calls for defunding the police. There's protesting and all of this. I, I've I've seen the video of this interaction. Here's what happens. Uh, cops called because there was a felony hit-and-run situation that had happened that he was involved in. For several minutes, the cops are trying to talk him down because he looks like he's having a panic attack. Turns out he was on cocaine. Okay. Uh, which... Now we know that. Uh, But he is clearly acting erratically. And then as the cops are saying, hey, sit down. Hold on a second. We need to figure out what what happened. Cops being very professional. Mm -hmm. He gets out and starts walking into the street. Tried to take somebody's car to flee the scene. Tried to carjack somebody. Oh, man. And so then they hold him down, and they're trying to flip him over. And then a taser is used so they can restrain him and take him in several hours later he died from cardiac arrest but of course that hasn't stopped patrice colors and you know if you want to give somebody the benefit benefit of the doubt this woman just lost a a a family member of hers but she is one of the worst faith actors out there when it comes to police and race and says he spent the last 10 years witnessing A movement challenging the killing of black people. He knows what was at stake, and he was trying to protect himself. No one
2: was willing to protect him. That's full of garbage. It is totally garbage. Sorry, not playing anymore. Don't resist. Don't try to run away. Don't try to carjack. Don't don't do cocaine. (laughs) Well, not only that, but how do you know it was the taser that killed him? Right. You actually don't because it was hours later. Right. Could have been the cocaine. So shut it. You've put the country through enough. You bought mansions with the money. You rip people off. Yeah, she didn't have any credibility anymore, does she? Well, for some dopes in the media, I mean, she come does. On, it's unreal. Yeah. All right. Time to set you up for our Friday Five. It was the passing of a guitar legend this week, Jeff Beck, at age
4: 78.
2: Yeah. He was known as the guitar player's guitar player. I remember Jimmy Page talking about how Jeff Beck revolutionized the guitar. So we thought we would do, and excluding Jeff Beck because we're honoring him. The greatest guitarists of all time.
6: The greatest guitarists of all time. Yes. Wow.
2: How big were they at the height of their power? Do they stand the test of time? How much do you like them? What about their influence? You put it all together. And I mean, how could you not have a great list? Well, somehow we came up with a list that's uh it's questionable. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a little questionable. If you want to get in early, the number's 210-619-2053. It's next. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's Friday. That means the Friday Five. The countdown we do every Friday. It starts like this.
1: The countdown is on. You know
9: what this means?
1: It's our favorite time of the week.
9: Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the out of here, all right? The
1: Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, here we go. Friday Five this week, in honor of
2: Jeff Beck. He passed away at the age of 78 this week. The greatest guitarist of all time. But the Jeff number. Beck's
6: not on the list.
2: No, that's the way we do it. When, yeah. you know, And it's weird, too, because it's on Friday the 13th. Remember his version of Superstition? From Jeff Beck? Some level, yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. Um, but no, whenever we pay tribute to someone, we take them... Away from the list because of the whole reason we're doing the list is because of that person. Yeah. Does that make sense? And then it would sound like we're really not paying tribute if they didn't make the five. Yeah. Just full disclosure. The thing about Jeff Beck, if you're rating greatest guitarist of all time, as far as chops and his playing, absolutely. I would say he's in the top five. But then you've got the test of time and then, you know, sort of. Staying power, how many people did he influence? A lot of people during his time, but how many people generations later are still inspired by Jeff Beck? Yeah.
6: Well, the general public wasn't so much they I mean he didn't sell boatloads of records. Right. Um but musicians
2: absolutely all love him. Right. Yeah. That's why we're paying tribute. Yeah. So if you want to get in, the numbers two one oh six one nine two zero five three. Are you guys happy with the way the five turned out before we start? Yeah. To me, I'm not a fan of number
3: five. I think there was somebody maybe more deserving.
2: Um, It's like I'm a fan of all these guys, mm-hmm. uh, but number four is not like the others to me. I'm looking at four, too. The no. same reason. Y'all can, had four, That's very, very y'all, y'all, y'all can be wrong. Very, very high. It's not guitarists that you can play their riffs, David. Uh-huh. Okay. It's well. the greatest of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All, all right. right, who's let's, first? Let's
3: start off with Billy in Portland. Hey Billy.
2: What's up? Billy. It's been a while, man. Thanks for checking in. How's it going, fellas? Great. Hey, I got a question. I got a question. Yeah. Did Hunter Biden ever date
1: any Chinese hookers or pay them to go home?
2: I mean, I don't know. I mean, are are you asking if I'd bet on that?
1: I would bet on
0: it. Yeah. And did they ride the yellow school bus?
6: (laughs) (laughs) It does go round and round.
0: I'm just wondering.
6: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, and now we're experiencing the root causes of
0: what is and what should never be by midget minded politicians.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Are you going with Jimmy Page right now? I am. Very well done. Jimmy, number yes. one. Okay, how big was his band? Well, yeah, it's a 10, Testing yep. times a 10. Influence is way up there. Oh, yeah. I think we all like him. You both had him at number one, correct? Yeah. Yes. And I had him at two. Yeah.
4: Yeah, right there.
2: I think think this is where the
3: personal light came into play a little bit, probably for both me and Scott, at least for me.
6: I don't go a week without throwing my Led Zeppelin playlist on.
2: Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, there's somebody I like better, and I actually listen to more. Hmm. Um, And I think influence more people honestly. But the, I mean, how do you have a problem with Jimmy Page being no, one? I don't. No, we're all good there. Okay, who's next? We got uh, Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody.
4: Hey,
6: guys. Love your show. I'd like to quote a Venn diagram loving American by
1: simply saying
2: <laughs> to see what can be unburdened by what has been. <laughs> <laughs> Man, We're going to get all this wisdom thrown our way. Yeah, Kamala on. wisdom coming today. Yeah. Yes.
9: Today, my artist Eddie Van Halen. There you go, number two. Hey, that's it, man, the influence.
2: Holy smokes! Technical ability, how big? Test of time. It's all there, but not quite good enough. No. Well, I, again,
3: it's the personal life. If, you, if right. you have four different criteria, I think for Jimmy Page and Eddie Van Halen, it's 10, 10, 10 and yeah. 10, and then it comes down to your personal life. For yes. me, it's like Van Halen, I'm, I'm fine with Van Halen, but I don't love Van Halen. I love Led Zeppelin. But it's the guitar player, not the band mm-hmm. that you're rating. And I, I, The playing. I, I would rather hear Jimmy Page play. Because you can play it, and
2: you can't play Eddie. <laughs> so? <laughs> That's personal life, Jamie. I can't play either. (laughs) But I love them. Okay, who's
3: next? Uh, Let's talk to John in Connecticut. Hey, John.
9: Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, John. So, uh, you know, Scott, I did not know that you were a tool of AOC. This is uh, something of a revelation to me because I'm sure that somewhere in D.C. they're now evaluating the electric horse.
6: <laughs> God, yes. Doesn't doesn't cause yeah. a hay shortage? Right? Yeah. Generate That's
4: methane a... emissions? Yeah, right. It's on me, yep. it replaces the car.
3: That's our... yeah. It's going to be my experimental jazz album. It's uh, no uh, electric horses don't fart.
9: <laughs> At least not yet. Yeah. Sorry, uh, More life. Jamie, you had, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Jeff Beck influenced so many guitarists, and so my gut. Told me immediately when you released the topic of the Friday Five, I went one place, and this was someone who was definitely influenced by Jeff Beck, and that is uh, James Marshall Hendricks.
2: And, dude, how is he not in the top five? I would say this is my biggest problem with the list that Hendricks is not in the top five. Okay, is it... Well, sure, I mean, we're all free to ask questions. Why is Hendricks not in the top five?
3: Part of it was a math problem. Because Scott, I believe, had a a very, very questionable pick in the top five that robbed some some votes of Jimmy. There was one, and the guy didn't wind up making even the top five, but he just didn't quite quite make it. Did you have Hendricks in your top five? Now it, yeah I'll I'll fall on the sword I did not. The personal oh. like thing kind of knocked it down cuz the thing is oh. all the all the top 5 it is kind of like 10 10 10 on the somewhat objective criteria and then your personal like I don't reach for Hendrix that often and it's nothing to do with Jimi Hendrix it's uh it comes down to honestly the production value on it I it I don't I don't like the sound of it very much so I just yeah, don't you know, turn it on.
2: When we were going over this yesterday, and we started talking about Hendrix, and then I go through all these songs, and I mean, I, especially I went through a Hendrix phase for about seven years. I was just totally in. And don't listen to Jimmy as much anymore. But going back through all those songs, that's in a three-year period. Oh, that, yeah. is, that is unreal, what he did in three years' time. Yeah, I just wish and, the
6: production techniques
2: were better. Oh, quit and, with and, your production no, no, excuses. I'm, you I'm, guys it on that. No, I'm serious. <laughs> well, I don't like the production. That, that, I he's don't. a guitar player. I don't okay who's next
3: uh let's talk to okay. mark in oregon hey mark
0: <laughs> oh hey guys happy friday hey mark i was hey i was thinking of a, a an
2: artist that's kind of overlooked in this list sometimes but i think prince is one heck of a guitarist Boy, well we yeah, talked about it yesterday close yeah. for me very close yes yep. did he make do we have him for honorable mention uh yeah we should okay
3: I don't currently. But as the as the conversation went yesterday, yes, great guitar player, but mm-hmm. you don't think of him as the guitar his songs didn't always highlight the guitar skills that he had. So I don't I don't think of him as the guitar guy.
2: I think I mentioned to you guys yesterday seeing him in 04.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I used to tell my friends this. One of the best 3 guitar performances I ever saw live yeah. was Prince. Yes, it was he's phenomenal. Was I at that no show? Doubt.
6: No. Okay. Which, which one was I at? What year was that?
2: Uh, that was 93. you were there. In okay. late April. Yeah. Yeah, we were at a pre-party together at this posh hotel with a bunch of record label money.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But he didn't do his guitar stuff that night. No. Well, he was going through all cymbal guy and weird. Yeah. There was that. And then I saw another time, Prince, he was playing at a club and it was a secret show and we were all pumped up. My wife and I go. But it was he did all funk covers and Chaka Khan came out and which was kind of cool, but if you're expecting the Prince, you know, right. the big songs it just didn't happen, and that's the story with that. And but now, with The radio countdown. guys
6: with satin jackets smoking Marlboros. <laughs>
2: well, the rock guys didn't have satin jackets. Just you top forty goofs. Anyway,
3: <laughs> let's talk to Johnny in Salina, Kansas. Hey, Johnny.
4: Oh, happy
9: Friday, brothers. <laughs> Johnny, how you doing? I'm doing great, man, man. You know, that's good to hear. That's good to hear, man. I love it. You know, the problem is, you're keeping your sensitive documents in such a nice car. Everybody wants to come look in it. Me, I keep all my precious valuables in a 1994 Dodge Caravan. With wood panels. <laughs> Nobody's looking in there, brother. Nobody. You got that right. Matt. I don't know if you know this, but a Dodge caravan is a, is a vehicle. It's like a car. It has a bigger body. It's got four wheels, like a Corvette has four wheels. But you know, it <laughs> goes on the road like everything else. In case yeah, you just want to explain that to you guys. Thanks. Okay. Man. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd like to explain. It's to <laughs> explain explaining to you. But anyway, okay, I'm gonna have to go with uh, my man Eric Clapton here today. He's pretty, Johnny. Pretty good, you know? good, good job. Yeah, number five.
2: <laughs> David doesn't like the
3: No I don't. I, I get it. You know, he's considered one of these guitar gods and all that stuff. I've just I've never heard a Clapton involved song that I
2: couldn't walk away from. I was told this one time, um, <laughs> trying to be good at guitar, never quite getting there. Uh, but a very wise guitarist said to me, if you want to learn the blues, basically how to play the blues and play with people. Mm-hmm. Learn the Crossroads solo. Learn that whole song and you'll be fine. Yeah. There's a lot of truth in that.
6: It's interesting that that choice, uh, Dwayne Allman plays the da 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 part.
2: <laughs> oh, at the very beginning yeah. of this? Well, that's how that was, Van Camp slights it. He's was, like, this is what I think of this pick. Yeah. I won't even put Clapton's guitar work in here. But
3: I, I think some of it, too, is like when I was growing up, I was already in like the soft rock version of Eric Clapton's career. And so I just never cared about Eric Clapton. Yeah.
6: From the Phone It In album.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, dude, the resurgence, he had late 80s oh, into I the agree. 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, millions of records. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have a problem with Clapton being there. No, I don't either. Number four is questionable. Yeah. I think that's what we're saying. It's greatest guitarist of all time for the Friday Five. If you want to get in, the number's 210-619-2053. And we'll wrap it up next. van camp and robin show jamie markley david van camp scott robbins it is the friday five greatest guitarist of all time in honor of jeff beck we do have a news update to get to and then of course the Robbins trifecta there's a lot going on today but as far as greatest guitarists of all time your number one jimmy paik led zeppelin eddie van halen at number two eric clapton at five we're still looking for three and four wow and we've had some great honorable mentions uh, but got to get back to it. Who's on, David? Well, let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary.
8: Hi, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Mary. But How she are can't, you? She can't get number hey. one today. I'm, I'm doing good. I know. I hope I make the list, but um, we'll see. Because I'm going to go with Carlos Santana.
2: You know, one of the greatest guitarists I ever knew personally, that was his favorite guitarist of all time. No doubt. Influenced a lot. Great player. Big resurgence. It's a good, honorable mention. Okay, if you're just joining us, we've talked a little bit about this whole list, and we all have different opinions. For Scott and I, we were questioning a little number four. A little bit, yeah. On the strength of the Van Camp pick. Mm -hmm. Okay, might as well just roll it out there. Go for it. Number four. Angus Young, yeah. ACPC.
3: And that's because of the influence? Uh, huge, that guy has sold a ton of Gibson SG's in the last several decades. Yes. Huge rock influence. Uh, high, I mean, you talk about Hyder to powers it's a 10 out of Back in Black, and then Test of Time is a
2: 10. My Personal Like is a 10. Yes. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, technically not the greatest.
3: No, but it doesn't matter, right? We didn't talk about technical prowess. We talked about influence.
2: Well, if you're doing that, you know who would be higher than him, in my opinion? Exactly. James Hetfield. No doubt, man. To make that argument. Yes, and I'd be right. But as far as, I mean, you can say, well, technically, you know, you, It's not that important. It's more the influence. Then, honestly, you're bringing Ace Frehley in, too. How many people bought a guitar because of Ace Mm Frehley? That's in there as well. But the Robbins pick that sort of threw some things off. At least David and I were united on this. That was a little bit questionable. Um, Alex Lyson from Rush. Top five, you say? Well, in my mind, yes. And that's... Okay, so not the biggest at the height of his powers. Pretty big. Okay, influential? Yeah, I think so. Like like Clapton and Eddie Van Halen and well, Jimmy I don't know Hendrix about like and, them,
6: but I mean in the prog
2: rock world, he was so influential, his own band shut him down for five years and went with synthesizers. Well, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know what? I was in Alex Lifeson's. Corner in that argument, mm-hmm. well, it was like what happened to the guitars in this well, band yeah, I mean, all they, through the early '80s. A little
6: shape shifting going on there. Yes, yes. Um, I think he's a tremendous player. I think he's yeah. a great player. He is a great player. I
3: think he's an underrated guy, but he gets overshadowed by the you know keyboards, by the bass, by the drums. Obviously, he's like yes. the unsung hero of Rush.
2: Absolutely, and he is a great player. There's no doubt about it. Uh, oh, we better get to our number three, and we'll oh, grab any God, other. Calls I can't you. believe
6: we didn't get this one.
2: Uh, th- I think this made all of our top five, yeah, yeah, roll
3: number it. three. I'm a
2: little lover boy. Seriously influential. Where you could say it would get dinged with the way we score it is at the height of his powers. He was not as big as the others, yeah, but brought Blue's guitar to the forefront for a number of years. when oh, yeah. love Steve right? bender. Shipped a lot of units because of that guy, too. Oh! Dude. <laughs> and, I mean, there are so many that made honorable mention that we just didn't have time to get to. But this is a fun list, man. Greatest guitarists of all time. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day is, David? Uh, it is the uh,
3: document hoarding on the part of the President of the United States and the desperation from the White House, which seems to have been taken completely off guard by all of this. It is odd.
2: They didn't know... What, that it would come down like this? They thought they would have cover. And we still don't know exactly what's in the documents. Yeah. Probably never know exactly
3: what's in the documents. If they are I'm top afraid secret. it's
2: something like Alex License number five. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Come on, man. You having fun? This is fun. It's
6: overshadowed by Joe's synthesizer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Biden would be the kind of guy to say, you know, I think right now in the 80s, we need to go with the synthesizer sound. I think this would be good for us. All right. We got a news update to get to and the Sky Robins trifecta next. Van Kamp and Robin Show. As always, thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Kamp. There's Scott Robbins. Got the Robbins trifecta coming up in just a few. Okay, this thing with Biden and the classified documents. Yeah. Where does it go? We're not quite sure, but it feels different. We're all agreeing on that. Yeah. Now, what did Chuck Schumer
3: have to say about this? Well, the top Democrat in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, was on CNN this morning and was asked, hey, what do you you make of all of this? Because it seems like the timeline doesn't make any sense. You say that you found them or they found them on November 2nd, Mm -hmm. and then no one knew about it until now. They only confirmed one batch of documents earlier this week, even though they knew damn well that they had found at least one other batch of documents. Uh, in Between November and when it came out this week. So Chuck Schumer got a little defensive.
8: Whoa. There is a real question about transparency and what the American people well, deserve. Let me just let me let me. Prosecutors let me will just, get to the bottom of this and let's let them do it for I, God's sake. I, sakes. I, I, I know you. you all want to buzz around you. and all of that, but.
4: Let me,
3: let, me buzz
8: minute, okay? let, let me buzz for a minute, Let me buzz for one buzz minute, and I promise we'll get but on it's to not just. Hold else.
6: on. it's not just us buzzing around. You're the, the Democratic head of the Senate. This is a really important so. issue. It's not just buzzing around. It's, this, no, this but, is but we have to,
8: And if there were no special prosecutor, there would be, you know, you might have a different thing to say, but there is. Did I just
2: hear Don Lemon trying to stand up to Chuck Schumer? Uh, a little bit, yeah.
6: But
2: Chuck I'm Schumer. I'm shocked at that. I think I
3: listen, I, I think one of the reasons why this is getting so much play is not just because of any sort of direction that may have gone out to pundits, to reporters, I don't know. But this is one of those stories that requires basically zero complexity. And a lot of the people in news media are frankly more worried about how their hair looks on TV than actually learning how anything is supposed to work. And so this is a story that they can easily latch onto, right? It's oh my gosh, classified documents found at all these places. Oh, we're 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 going to show that we're true journalists because we can finally wrap our heads around something. I mean, I heard one person actually say, "This is the first controversy in Joe Biden's administration." How can you possibly say that? Because they haven't covered anything right. else. That's why we're all shocked and trying to figure out
6: wh- why is this different? Is this possible? Getting back to your theory from yesterday, that Tucker had last night on his show, is this potentially the Democrat uh, playbook that went out saying, yes, be critical of Joe Biden on this issue?
2: Yeah, that was my first gut. When we first heard about it, man, something, there's, this isn't right. Something's off here. So, yeah, I don't think the Democrats want Biden out
6: there in 24. He can't win. But maybe the word has gotten out to CNN and Don Lemon and his ilk as
2: well. Yeah, because... I mean, You can I think, hide under the fact then, like, see, we are be journalists, right? I think, David, you and I, and I, I don't know who's right, and you might be right. It's like I go back and forth. Do any of these individual journalists really have any yank of what they get to do or not? Or are they just sort of told what to do? And I'm more along the belief that they're just given marching orders. Now, they may write a spin on their story that they're told to cover, but they don't get to choose what they cover.
3: Yeah, I think I think generally there is a, uh, uh, you know that we know there's you know meetings in the mornings and afternoons mm-hmm. about editorial decisions, what's going to be the topic of conversation, what's the big story, uh, what are we going to be running down today? Of course, that that is normal uh, procedure. But the interesting thing is, you don't actually have to get bullet pointed uh, marching orders out there. Having been a reporter, what happens in a situation like this? is you just get people that you've developed as sources
4: mm-hmm.
3: maybe calling you and saying, hey, did you hear about this? Right. Oh, did you hear about this? You don't, and, and because you have developed them as sources, you think that you're the one <laughs> on the yeah. handle end of the leash and not the mm-hmm. collar end of the leash. And you realize that somebody dishing to you, or you don't realize, rather, that somebody dishing to you is actually nudging you towards a right. uh, particular conclusion. And so I think that's how a lot of this works. Well, and
2: probably Zucker had a tighter rein yeah. on the folks at CNN yes. than currently, which explains, and I'm sure Don Lemon's heard before, you're not a real journalist, you never push back, and now it's in his head and maybe he does. On that note, as far as the trust with the American people, Matt Taibbi, well, he used to be at Rolling Stone. He's an independent journalist. what did he say within the last week? I used to give to the ACLU. Okay, I'm not exactly a Mm right-winger, but he's been doing the Twitter files. Elon Musk gives him this trove of documents he goes through. There was another drop of this stuff last night or yesterday afternoon, and it talks about Russiagate. And I guess you could say there's nothing maybe new that we know now, but it does point to this clear picture of how Democratic operatives and the left and, well, the FBI controlled a lot of this stuff. And so as Taibbi is on Tucker last night, um, the question of, okay, sort of, what have we learned? What do you you make of all of this? And this is what he said. Well,
9: I think we know a lot about uh, how a lot of these Russiagate stories came to be. People just lied. Uh, (laughs) In this case, even when Twitter had more or less conclusive proof that there were no Russians involved in the release.
2: Yeah, because they went through, there are no Russian bots, what you're saying it doesn't exist they went with it anyway
9: the memo hashtag even when they informed media uh, and elected officials even when they pleaded with members of the senate not to go public because it would make them look quote foolish uh, they went ahead and did it anyway uh, despite being informed of the truth
2: so many people in america don't know that that's happened yeah we have the proof now.
9: Politicians and the media just simply overrode what the facts were.
2: Yes, for their own narrative. And so as you had, you know, all of these media outlets, The Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, whatever, and Tucker asked um, anybody apologize for printing false allegations or reporting that?
9: Not only have they not apologized, but uh, not one of the news organizations that I reached out to Um, uh, for comment about this particular issue responded to me. Um, So, which suggests to me that they know exactly what happened. They know exactly how irresponsible they were. Uh, Again, this isn't a left or right issue. This is just simply a fact issue. They they needed to be able to ask Twitter what was going on. And I don't think most of these news, news organizations did that. And now they're reluctant to admit it
3: well also again it goes back to which end of the leash are you on and i think a lot of people in the media are recognizing oh my gosh we got played by uh-huh. in some cases paid members of the staff who used to work for the federal government yes guys like clapper you know others yes who had been seeding this information for a long time, and you're thinking, "Well, this guy's a paid contributor, or whatever." I mean, uh, I know him; he's a source, and so he knows what he's talking about. They don't want to admit that they're idiots; they're puppets.
2: Yes, master of puppets. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we got to move on. Right. I know it's time for the Robin Strike yeah. Factor. Let's get to it. Are you ready?
8: One, two, at my shoe.
2: It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta.
9: Well, at least according to Scott Robbins.
0: It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show.
2: Every day at this time, Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day, the trifecta. Help. counting them down with hey, a buddy. zero.
6: I'm Casey Kasem. There he is. Ready for the weekend, man? Yes. All right.
3: I'm ready. <laughs> three. Okay. Number three, uh, Rob Reiner. Apparently still relevant in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three, uh, he's giving advice to Attorney General Merrick Garland. You know, it's really difficult
6: for me because I used to really, really like Rob Reiner. I loved Spinal Tap. I loved Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. So many movies I you know that he was involved with. I'm like, I like really like this guy. I hate him now. So Attorney General Merrick Garland, we all know that announced the formation of the Special Counsel investigating Biden in what's being dubbed now as the Corvette Papers. Made for a bit of an awkward situation, particularly for people who hate Donald Trump and the resistance crowd, including Rob Reiner. Merrick Garland, you've been called out, sir. Rob tweeted, from a political standpoint, I understand why Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel to investigate President Biden. As pointless as it is from a legal standpoint, I can accept it. What I will not accept Is Trump not getting indicted? Garland, do your job! Or I'm going to make a movie about you.
2: Why are you yelling?
6: Serious TDS. It works still.
2: It's okay, but people are concerned about your heart health. I'm just saying. Blood pressure.
6: No, I know. Okay. I'm I'm play-acting here a little bit. Okay,
2: that's good. We're getting closer
6: and closer to number one. Just
3: a concern. The Sky Robbins trifecta top three of the day. Two. Number two, the Oil and Gas Association has a review of Biden's Corvette.
6: Yeah, yesterday, Peter Mm -hmm. Ducey. Uh, some of the classified documents that have been discovered have been kept in the garage. We know that now. That brings us to the issue of electric cars. Now, Biden is always promoting as a way to halt the existential threat of climate change. We know now that Joe Biden, as a vet, caught the attention of the U.S. uh, Oil and Gas Association, which provided some additional details about the car. They tweeted out, this rare 67 Chevy Corvette as a 327 cubic inch L seventy-nine V eight engine, rated at three hundred fifty horsepower, with a four speed manual transmission, zero to sixty in five point eight seconds. Note, it runs on gasoline, not electricity. The one that was parked in the POTUS's garage was the same one. We feel like instead of a Corvette, he should have a Chevy Volt in there. Hmm. I like that. What color is it? Isn't it blue? Yeah, kind of a bluish color. It's not red.
2: That's too bad.
4: <laughs>
2: that is too bad. I could give new life to that song if that were the case. Yeah, that's too bad.
6: All right. Now, one of the great memes I saw, though, was he's he was on a, uh, a segment with Jay Leno, the Jay's Garage show he used to do. Oh, yeah before the accident, mm-hmm. and they're driving. Joe's driving the vet, and in the meme I saw, there's, like, documents blowing out of the back <laughs> of it.
3: Which was now, very Now, on funny. with the countdown. Very funny. The Scott Robbins
2: trifecta top
3: three. One. Number one, never let anyone tell you that one person can't make a difference. The FAA outage that grounded all domestic air travel earlier this week was caused by one guy. One guy.
6: One guy. The official ruling is that an engineer replaced one file with another, not reading a mistake was being made at the time. And when he did that, it crashed the entire system of U.S. air travel for one day. So someone, one person, doing a very simple thing can totally down the FAA and all U.S. flights. How are you feeling about that today,
2: by well. the way? I keep hearing the same thing in my head over and over.
6: There was a little mistake, (laughs) made.
2: One of my favorite Trump clips ever.
6: I don't know if this was a diversity hire or not, since that seems to be a very popular thing in the Biden administration, or with somebody who was really qualified to do the job. I don't know that. But you weren't there, and it wasn't you. No, I, I, listen. Nobody would put me in charge of that. <laughs> Besides that, middle-aged, bald guys are not exactly a minority. And there you have it.
2: And there you have the
6: but trifecta. But we should be. We should be given. What? Some sort of special disposition to do jobs. Like we're discri- that?
2: We're just well. Why not? We're discriminated against. No. I'm getting bald right there with you. Neither one of us should be doing that job. There's no way. All right, we got to get to a news update. And Nimrod's in the news. Coming right up. Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update David Van
3: Camp. Man, this is nothing to do with the documents that were found by Joe Biden and forgotten about. But uh, Kareem John Pierre was asked today, the White House press secretary, was asked about Ron DeSantis activating the National Guard to deal with the migrant crisis. You know, and okay. he, he yeah. was out there today yeah. saying because there was somebody in the Florida Keys who had to pay, like, $2,500 to have a boat removed from their property. And he says, well, we're going to figure out a way to make that right. You know, Hmm. because that person should have never had to have dealt with that. Right. Um, And so she was asked about this, and here's the response.
6: You said uh, it was a political ploy on the part of uh, Governor DeSantis to deploy the National Guard. His office
3: has said that the Coast Guard requested help uh, patrolling the waters off Florida. Can you just kind of discuss your understanding of the situation uh, in Florida and how that how that understanding has developed in the last several months. And I'm
5: going to be and I'm happy to repeat what I said, which is Governor DeSantis has made a mockery of uh, of the system.
4: (laughs) Yeah,
3: speaking for a White House, that is literally changing the definition of what an illegal immigrant is in order to make the numbers on the stat sheet look better. (laughs)
2: i guess you just stick to a talking point no matter what yeah and you just go with it okay it's friday the 13th and people are talking mega millions who's doing it i'm doing it i'll pay my idiot tax if i don't do it where are you gonna do it you've done it before i
6: have i i haven't this time and i don't know why exactly i guess because it's just
2: i haven't really been anywhere where i
6: could buy a ticket
2: okay have you seen the breakdown of the numbers that's always interesting Like over the last five years, the most commonly drawn number has been 14. Really? Yes. been drawn in 9.7% of all drawings.
6: See, when I play, I use 14. Do you use 17? No. 10? 10
2: sometimes. 31? Yep. Also very common. Least drawn numbers are 49 and 51. But they said when it comes to the Mega Ball, the most commonly drawn numbers are 22, 11, and 9. The least common, 8, 7, and 5.
6: 14, there any banks?
2: Why am I bringing this up? <clears throat> In case it helps you, you know, remember the little people. That's all I'm saying.
6: 10 is Ron Santo, 31
2: is Fergie Jenkins.
6: <laughs> That's why I play him.
2: <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, yes. Okay. Everybody's got that. Some people, it's like, you know, kids' birthdays. You, it's old Cubs old that never won a World Series. <laughs> well, that's true. Whichever. All right, you ready for Nimrods?
1: Yep. Let's go. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show.
9: I love the poorly educated.
1: All right.
2: Nimrods in the news. Okay. We got this 20-year-old guy, or we think he's around 20, uh, because it looks about the same age as this 20-year-old woman. She said, it's Christmas Eve, um, and she's in Houston. She goes to this gas station, and there's this dude, walks up to her, starts flirting with her. She ignored him at first, but he wouldn't stop. Said, you know, I'm not interested. She walks away. Guy follows her. Begged her for her number. Come on, give me your number. Mm. Come on. Said no. So he's like, okay, give me your purse then. What? Yeah, give me your purse. He robbed her. Oh, geez. Get a gun. <laughs> They're still looking for this guy. Make up a number. <laughs> <laughs> that is Nimrods in the News.